Pandora's box is about to open wide. Oh, well, nice. that was a little beatboxing nice. intro there from <laughs> Drewster the Bear. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Pandora's Box, everyone. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry about the fact there's no video this week, everyone. Ah. We had some technical difficulties. Old mm. school podcast. It is. It's old school mm-hmm. podcast and we don't have any video. Although we could look old... like anything right now. Mm. I know. Imagine could... in your head what we look we like. We could actually be aliens. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we are. That's so, yeah, we we're going to release this, obviously, on all platforms, as usual. You'll know this, regard whichever platform you're listening to on, because of the very fact that you can listen to it. But we, there are no visages. Mm-hmm. You will not be able to take in our visages. Because I am the most Poor forgetful you. man on human existence. Yeah, basically, we finished. Um, we, we 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 finished filming our music video today, or at least hopefully mm-hmm. we think we did. Um, but Drew met me at my house and picked up Young Bullwinkle on the way. And basically all the recording stuff, like cameras and stuff, are in his car. Still which in he, my car, man. Which he left They're outside my, my house, because we went straight from mm-hmm. my house in my car to the woods to finish filming. Then to the studio. And then straight from then the studio to, the to studio. save time. Um, but yeah, uh, Druzy, Druzy left the cameras in his car. Always in the grand scheme ahead. of things, though, for what we're going to gain from mm. today. Yeah, exactly. I think it was a worthy... Yeah, Hopefully people fail. aren't too sad about the fact that just for one week mm. they can't see our faces. And for anyone that is, just you wait. Just you wait. Just, just you, you wait. wait. You'll see us in a way you've never seen us before. Uh, you, yeah. The Tale of Jimmy O'Malley Part mm-hmm. 2. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm confident that it'll, uh, it'll mm. come to light in a way that we will be all happy with and... As I said, we've already seen like a little bit of it. Bullwinkle's been do- working on the editing of it, and we've seen like the mm-hmm. sort of the first half, and it's it's already looking pretty good considering it's still like pretty rough, pretty bare um, bones. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we finished filming the last half of the video today, so hopefully it's going to come out pretty well. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, it's man. Fun, man, fun up on the Quantar Hills. Yeah, it has been fun, hasn't it? Yeah, man. It's like it's been been fun, sort of taking in all the different landscapes and that, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Like, look around the Quantox as well. And yeah. you know what? It's something that I think I need to do more. I don't go out and like just go on walks and oh, get to mate, see I like, love nice it scenery every day. a lot. Mm. Well, now you know that place that um, we went today, Bourne, because you yeah, just go, yeah, yeah. go on that one and almost like, just explore. Just keep walking, but try not to get lost. Mm-hmm. Feel the breath of the universe as you walk through the trees of life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, nicely said, Drewster LeBain, nicely mm-hmm. said. I always think like, you know, in terms of like enjoying it, but with, without trying to get lost, just, just remember that obviously, say where Stay we went. Path. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, say, say yeah, where we yeah. went, like to the left of. Just remember that eventually you're going to have to come around to the right. Yeah, and if yeah, you keep going yeah. around to the right, then eventually you'll find like a road that'll lead you back to your car. I got mm-hmm. so lost recently in um Did you? in in Ludlow when Did I you? went there over Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we went walking on this massive. Um, it was what was it called? It was called. Pernicles Peak or something like Pernicles that. Pernicles Peak. It's like some <laughs> weird place name. You get lost. And like, no. yeah, and, and you just follow this trail and it's a really long, tra- long trail. Um, or it's called Jack, Jack, Jack Trails Hill or something it's called like Jack that. Jack the Lash. <laughs> and it is literally like up these, up these kind of massive hills. Like you go really high up into the hills in Ludlow or by Ludlow. Mm. And, um, you know, we kind of turned off. We went our own way and, it, and it's that feeling. You're like, I, I can feel that it's going to be back that way. Like, mm-hmm. and, Ended up in this massive circle, but just by this manor house, just in the middle of the woods, and it is like <laughs> where actual are, and it says like private land. No, no, you can't Entry. go this way anymore. Yeah. 
So then just trekking up back through the woods. But you know when you've already been on like a two-hour walk and it's oh. like you get into that point where you just want to get back to the yeah, car now. Yeah, it's like, yeah. But then it was literally like another like hour and a half to even wow. find our way back to the back to the Were car. Were you freaking yeah, out so, a little bit? Yeah, I was because there was this massive hill as well. It was like it was very hilly. And there was this one point where I, I saw this like I looked up into the trees and you could just see this trail up into the trees. And I, saw, and I, I walked past and I was thinking, I'm so glad I'm not walking up there. But like we had to turn mm. back around, trail back, and then I had to go up there like like later on in the yeah, walk. Yeah, like, yeah. So oh, man, <laughs> even after I walked past it the first time, just Brutal. so we were like kind of back in the right direction. Yeah, Meg got her bear and she's well better with stuff like that. Is she? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I always feel like pretty confident with that stuff, like internal compass. I think I am, but then yeah. I'm just really wrong. And it's yeah. like, oh, damn. I realised the other day, like, how diff how easy it is to actually lose your bearings. I was driving home. and yeah, it was when I'm I was not very good with it in the car. Yeah, do you remember I was talking to you um, about the moon mm -hmm. earlier? Oh, and how saying, good like, the moon looked recently. good the moon looked. Yeah. So I was driving back from the gym in my car, and the the moon stays in one place. So you would think, hench. right? Yeah. You would think. But as I was driving, it shocked me just how much like small changes in the road i would think if i'm facing this way yeah then i go home and i'm facing pretty much the same way the moon would be in the same spot right sure. True, but i get home and thinking about it and then the moon's in a completely different yeah. spot and i'm like so you think you're Whoa. still that way but you're coming you're a completely exactly different exactly yeah. it's so easy to like, lose track of what angle you're actually yeah. going at and which mm -hmm. angle is behind you so i could definitely uh, resonate to getting lost yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I mean, as I said, like, I don't know, either I've been really lucky or I've got like a good internal compass for being on foot. Because I definitely don't when I'm in the car. But like, yeah, I've gone on some mental fucking, um, mm -hmm. yeah, off the beaten path. <laughs> <laughs> Beep! Um, some mental, like, off the beaten path um, uh, walks before. Um, like for like walk, just walked into the middle of nowhere for like an hour plus. Yeah. And then thought, right, I think I just need to go right. And then eventually I'll find like a way to get aim or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and then, yeah, I've, always, I've never, ever gotten lost. Well, yeah. you, was it you that told me about that cat? That that, that guy, he, um, or was it something I just oh, saw? Oh, yeah, no, I think and, I have told and, you And it was right. like, um, yeah, this dude would go hiking out into like the Grand Canyon or something, but he'd always take his cat with yeah, him. Yeah, he his cat. And wherever he would go, the cat would literally always know the way back to the car. He That's would just so sick. He I, would just follow the cat. Yeah. And the cat would just sense... The, the way back to I've the also car. heard another story about um, a cat that accidentally got into the back of a delivery van <laughs> once when, you know when someone was just getting something delivered and, and, and the driver of the delivery van didn't realise and he drove something like 50 miles back to his depot um, and then when he opened up the, the door at the end of the night the, the cat like ran, ran out, out but then it like just disappeared before the guy could, could say anything uh -huh. and, and um, anyway so the owners didn't know where the cat was the delivery driver didn't know where this cat was and obviously like the owners just like for like weeks like would just didn't know where their cat was and blah 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 and then like after about like two or three weeks like the cat just came through the freaking cat flap and it, <laughs> that's it, crazy it, it, 50 it, mile yeah, journey yeah it, it traveled like something like it was something like that like 50 miles or something like that like all the way back to the and it's just oh, found that's its house. so cool there is something i saw a video yeah. that went viral sorry just on this topic yeah. it was a video that went viral of Someone who trapped this bug. Sorry, I think it was a hornet. Oh, baby. Um, into. <laughs> I, didn't really, I, I accidentally just foot through. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this guy trapped this bug. It was like a mean looking hornet thing, right? Oh, nasty. Trapped it in a in a cup. And he was, I don't know what he was planning to do with it. Like, just let it free somewhere Two else, wasps, whatever. One cup. And mm. someone, someone replied to this video yeah. and said that that is the one bug you don't want to do. Like, not all hornets, but it was like this hornet in particular. And it apparently only like can remember where it's going based off photographic memory 
and it has it can like form vendettas against people. <gasps> so no. it would like literally remember exactly how to get to that place, and because and you trapped you. it in the thing, it, it it's coming. Grudge. Basically, it is coming after you. And Whoa. I just thought that was proper ominous. Mm. That is really ominous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That hornet man. Exactly. That exactly. is really freaking ominous. 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 Yeah, ominous I, as you like. I even got lost. Well, I didn't get lost, but kind of did on the way to yours today this morning, man. <laughs> if I start chatting to Bullwinkle when I'm driving to Stagurzy, I just I just shoot right past that turn <laughs> to Stagurzy, and I end up by Hinkley Point, and then I'm like, oh god, I've gone too far again. We've done that twice. Twice. Now, <laughs> so did you turn in that second turn, and when you go and pass Babylon Brook? Brook? Uh, yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't even <laughs> know. Definitely went on a left turn. I had to turn around on the road and then go down that turn in. Oh, I'd so did, got did to you end point. up? Did you end up like going into Stagurzy from the other side? If you know what yeah, I mean, from like yeah. Stock way yeah well you've done so. that both times i think so i drove one time, time. Mm. and i because i don't really know that literally the only times i've been to Gazi is going to your place yeah so yeah. i don't really know the way but yeah. um but yeah we've yeah, overshot them the exit twice. Chatting, and then it's like oh i've gone past <laughs> yeah. turning now mm-hmm. so well, so like, didn't that this this weekend last week did it not last this week, week oh, and then like a couple of months ago before. oh i see i see yeah. i see i see <laughs> easily done though concentration exactly. concentration exactly. overload so easy to lose it yeah man do you remember like ages ago we were talking? Um, I was talking about that company called like Colossus, and it's this Texan company that's like bringing their like sole purpose oh, to like yeah. bring back extinct animals. The, not the woolly mammoth, something. Yeah, like, woolly, yeah. the woolly mammoth. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and the uh, and the Tasmanian tiger. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so cool. Yeah. So apparently they're like further along now at doing that. Mm. Um, yeah. Apparently the way it's going to work is like crazy. Ooh. Apparently the way it's going to work is like create technical difficulty. Yeah, um, apparently they're going to use an Indian elephant as, like, the, the birthing mother mm, for it. So what, what they're going to do is so they're going to get, like, an Indian elephant um, and they're going to, like, uh, like impregnate the... the with a mammoth sperm. Well, not it's not even, like, with a mammoth... Yeah, sort of, but they, they, the they, they, they genetically... The they've, like, unlocked the, 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 the sequence or the genome or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm not a biologist. But, um, yeah, they've, they've unlocked, like, the sequence and they're going to, like they're going to like modify the embryo inside the Indian elephant so that the Indian elephant will give birth to a woolly mammoth. Mm. That's crazy. Isn't That's that so mad? cool. And it's appa- crazy to think that, because a woolly mammoth's hairy and I can't imagine an, no, an, Indian, no, an Indian elephant's bald. So, so it's just weird to think that the ge- the actual genetic material of like the embryo yeah. of the woolly mammoth will hold all of the knowledge that to, yeah, to, to grow into a woolly mouth, but mm. you would think that that would come from the mother. Like you would think that that mm. would come from the elephant. Like mm. to to make it grow. Like if if it was inside a a normal in, um like a, a mammoth elephant. No, so so if the wool, the woolly mammoth in some inside a normal elephant, you'd think that when the, you say a normal elephant, what do you mean? Sorry, sorry, just an elephant rather than a mammoth. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, so, sorry, so like, you, yeah, yeah. Like you would think that the information that the mother would give to for it to grow mm. would be elephant information. Yeah, rather yeah, than but I guess they're overriding it, aren't they, that's with crazy through science? That that's yeah, it's possible. Yeah. They're just overriding I think it. You could yeah. grow something else. That's almost like saying, like, putting something in a human yeah. that wasn't a human, but well, yeah, there, 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 is, there, there is sort of like sense to it, though. They've deliberately chosen the Indian elephant because the Indian elephant is the closest living relative to the woolly mammoth. Right. So mm. it, it, it basically within an Indian elephant's like it's DNA, it's, it holds like yeah. all of the genome mm-hmm. and the sequencing to a woolly mammoth. Um, that's why they can unlock it mm. with an Indian elephant. Mm. So apparently they looked into it 
Um, and yeah, out of, yeah, do that. <laughs> out of an African elephant and an Indian elephant, the yeah, Indian, Indian elephant is the one right. that's closest. I wonder if it actually has any um, like influence, or it has it gets any of the Indian elephant's DNA or like mm. kind of stuff into them. Like apparently, apparently it will in like a tiny, to like a, almost like a tiny, tiny, mm. tiny amount. But apparently, it's going to be like about. It will basically look like a woolly mammoth. <laughs> and the idea is going to be is that they're going to like um, yeah, like get a, a, quite a few of them. And then they've already got this like reserve, um, apparently already like agreed out in Siberia, which was like one of the natural habitats for the woolly mammoth when they before they went extinct. And they're just going to put them in this in Siberia. But they reckon it's not like um, it's not even like that. They're, they're one of the main reasons they're doing it. Apparently, is for like the um, me. Is for like eco? No, no, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Is 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 for like conservation and. Um, and and because apparently it's going to like help sort out the Earth's issues. Apparently, mm. and apparently the, the the way that happened is because obviously the idea is this 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 uh, business colossal in Texas, they're bringing back these animals not just because they can to actually um, help the world. Yeah, yeah, because it's like for example with the one with the, the reason they're bringing that Tasmanian tiger, apparently um, that whole ecosystem um, where they're they're like the apex predator from that ecosystem is just like gone mm. there's just like uh it's all just been thrown out of alignment mm. so you've got like loads of prey species that are just running around like a mock and apparently there's as a result like certain animal diseases have started and apparently tasmanian devils have suffered because tasmanian tigers used to kill tasmanian devils um and there's like this massive essentially herpes outbreak huh. and you can see pictures of it online if you type in like tasmanian devil herpes and there's this massive herpes outbreaks where there's like too many Tasmanian devils and stuff and they're like mating and it's all become like dirty infested mm. and everything. Whoa. And they're like they've got massive growths on the side Ugh. of their face and stuff. I wonder That's... I wonder how many like um woolly mammoth embryos would need to be done in that way to actually mm. for them to start mating together because if there's just like one or two yeah. then obviously the genetic well, diversity and stuff do you know Yeah, I think I think that you'd probably only need about 10. Really? Well, did you know that apparently every single pig um in in america originates from these 10. 11 yeah e from these 11 pigs that were brought over by the spanish cool. in like Whoa. 1600 or something like that's that. crazy and yeah. almost like yeah like almost like every single pig in the whole of that thing <laughs> think about how massive north and south america is yeah. and there's like millions and millions and millions of pigs nowadays that's and so they mental. all originate from these 11 pigs that the spaniards just brought over on their ships once and there's even like a historical account of it yeah, and they pretty and they and they and yeah. I wonder if it doesn't matter so much in like in um in animals as it does like say with like humans and like interbreeding yeah. and stuff. Mm. Do you know what I reckon. I, mean? I, I don't know. I I don't personally see any reason why it would be any different. To be honest, mm. I wonder how that elephant is going to react when it gives birth to that mammoth. Because they're one of the animals that look after their youth, aren't they? Yeah, Elephants. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you it might look at it and be boy. like, that's a bit weird. Never seen that before. You, I mean, one, I guess one thing that you could say is, yeah, in that respect, I haven't really thought about that. Like, if they're just going to like take this, well, I don't know, because I guess the woolly mammoth is going to have to reach a certain amount of maturity until they go mm. and put it in Siberia. Yeah, Siberian. they're going to give it. So like, they're going to have to like, yeah, is, 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 the, is like the Indian elephant going to like breastfeed it? Mm. And because um, uh, haven't they got one of the most new like nutrient like th I swear I heard that about elephants at some point the actual amount of nutrients that there needs to be in the milk of of an elephant is just like crazy because it's obviously growing one of the yeah, biggest mammals yeah. like I mean that would make sense and I, I swear I've heard that at some point 
I know that camels have ridiculously good mm. milk, and apparently camels' um, milk is the one that's most similar of all animals to human milk. <laughs> and it's really good as well. I tried some camel milk. In yeah, and, and, and apparently people that fermented. are like lactose intolerant and stuff and can't drink cow's milk and, and um, have tried like goat's milk and can't process that either... Apparently, pretty much everybody on the planet can have camel's milk. Mm. But obviously, mm. the thing is, is just that, like if you're like in Britain, for example, like good. we are, mm. you can't really just go get camel milk. Yeah, really yeah, good hangover sure. cure. But I always thought it was like really super random that the milk that was most similar to humans is camel. Yeah, and the heart yeah. is pig. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, apparently, yeah. apparently, it's human crazy. meat tastes like pork. Mm. So cannibals call human meat long pig. Uh, yeah, that's it, long pig. Mm. Yeah, long pig. Yeah, but like, crazy. haven't people even had like? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a super Successful hard trans- transplant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say it's a super obviously hard procedure, and it costs a lot of money to do it and everything. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, there have been successful heart transplants so. from. I read pigs. a book about that as a in primary school. I'm pretty you know sure from Pig Boy or something like that. Pig Heart Boy. Oh yeah, that that rings a bell actually. Pig Boy or something like that. Do you know what creeps me out a little bit about that though? Isn't there like stories about people oh, that have had like yes. transplants? Oh yeah, and like they and they and they've well. had like memories. Yeah, they've randomly had like memories, um, and Ooh. and thought like it was something weird. Um, also, <laughs> what is this going to be? Yeah, 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 this, this yeah. So, so they've had they've, they've almost like since they woken up from their successful children, then they found it was like somebody that died, obviously that donated their organs, and then they started getting all these weird memories of almost like this different life, and then they've like. And then they've like f- they've gone on this quest, and, and then like found the family yeah. of the person whose whose organs they have inside them, and they have these weird memories of these people. But how creepy is that if you did it with a pig? <laughs> yeah, that's what freaks me out the most. You're gonna become a definitely you're gonna turn into a were pig. Yeah, or you just like <laughs> just be wanting to like sniff around all the undergrowth and just imagine. Just, you know, I, I mean, I've got to say, you know, like you know, like the, you know that. the horror movie, The Fly, with Jeff Goldblum. Have any of you seen that? It's a, no. it's a really good movie, by the way. You should see it. It's really, and it's actually, I think a lot of people don't know this, but the the, the movie The Fly with Jeff Goldblum is based on a really old um, horror movie from like the fifties or the sixties, and that's really good too. Mm. They're both worth a, a, a watch. But it reminds me almost like a bit like that. Like in the fly, he doesn't just turn into a fly like straight away. Mm. He slowly, slowly, slowly does. And it's like his, his girlfriend's almost like more just thinking like, what the hell's going on with you? And then it's like at the end, there's like a quite like a grotesque reveal. Where then That's suddenly, horrible. where he's like f- completely Savage. physically like mutated and it's like gross, man. And it does look real freaky because it's mm. like this weird man fly hybrid. But I imagine almost like that, like you get a pig heart transplant and you're like, everything's all right at first. And then you're like... Yeah, you just well, you start off with like some dreams. You're dreaming of you being a pig. You start eating like, <laughs> yeah. And you then definitely like... hear about those memories being transferred, and yeah. even just like, like like gifts, like languages, or or abilities to play musical instruments yeah. and things, like people playing the piano and stuff that yeah. can. Do you know what I mean? Like after they've had heart transplants yeah, and man. that. So there must be some kind of like memory that is stored in the just but genes imagine how freaky that is that you become like almost like part pig yeah that's what i mean i don't know what that would be like in the middle man. of the night your like, missus just wakes at up least and all if you get mem- <laughs> if you get memories from the human one you can actually like relate to them in some way not just like turn into a werewolf. yeah like you start realizing that in the mirror you're like <laughs> yeah your nose just starts becoming like turned upwards and you're like 
yeah. imagine how terrifying that process actually would be oh. like the first time you go, you go to sleep and you dream and in that dream you're like a pig you're, you're, you're like, yeah. you wake up you're like whoa what was that your feet start aching oh, and then man. one day when That'd you take savage your, your feet start imagine. your feet I, start aching I, right and then one day you get home from work oh, take your shoes and your socks off yeah you just got to yeah you got a little corkscrew knob and you've got little hooves for feet and you're like hiding them like from society yeah. but it's like oh, a weird man. little dirty secret you've no, got thank you that's creepy you start getting like little freaking like you know like i really want to know about that now because i've you've heard a lot of stories about people like yeah from humans but not from animals. like yeah do you actually get some of those what a thing to google do people yeah. with pick up transplants become where pigs become oh, more pig than you human. can understand imagine he's more got pig like, than man now imagine you've got a pig heart transplant <laughs> and yeah. you could understand what other pigs were saying yeah. Like you went to a zoo and you're, everything's been normal. You go to a zoo, you just hit, and then, well, and then just in the background, you really like, attracted you can understand to pigs. it. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And you marry a pig. Oh, mate, pig oh, man. Oh, man. Or like, I don't understand. I can tell what he thinks. In my in my head, it's like this is almost like a full blown horror movie. So it's almost like creepy. Like he goes to the zoo and he's already like worried that he's turning to a bit of a pig and then he oh, hears yes. it. And then you hear like, Simon. <laughs> Simon and then you look over your corner and there's there's just like a little pig looking at you and it's like everyone else just says he's just like Simon I know you can hear me Simon hey Porky (laughs) hey Porky You're one of us now. Uh, it's weird that, that the pig is the closest to the human heart though. Like you would think like a chimp or something. Or like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. A chimp might be, but it's hard to get their hands on, isn't it? Mm. Do you reckon a chimp might be? I don't know. Maybe. The, yeah. I don't know because it's like I know that it's like the the pigs are like the eat the closest to us. But does that mean just closest to us that we can readily get our hands on? Mm, because, I don't know. I, I would say uh, I would say if if a chimp was closer, then science scientists would have. Would have tried. Do you reckon that they would yeah, just be like freaking flying chimps in and just kept murking them for their hearts? I reckon. Mm. That's so quite they, dark though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people might say that's hypocritical because it's like a pig, you know. Versus a chimp. But like, there's something about apes because they're like our cousins almost. So we're yeah. like related yeah. to them. Like, you see an ape and you think, oh, that's pretty human. Like, mm. you know? And like I said, I know a lot of people might not like that because they might think, like, you know, a pig's an animal too. But obviously, chimps are more intelligent. They're more like us. So it's like, it's like, where do you draw the line with stuff? Do you know what mm. I mean? It's like, mm. well, you wouldn't kill another human I, for yeah. the heart. So would you kill a great be, ape? Because yeah. there's only a few great ape species. Mm. Where, like, do you know what I mean? And the chimps are a great ape. There's mm. orangutans, gorillas, chimps, and humans. We're the only, do you know what I mean? So it's almost like any of those four, we're so closely related to them. I think, A, to be that closely related to them, surely their hearts would be more similar to ours than a pig's. But B, is are they not doing it because of the ethical reasons of them being so similar to us? But, I don't know, you might be right. I have some red they might just randomly pigs, be... however, are proven to be better donors, at least in tests on baboons and stuff like that. Um, when uh, you say tests on baboons... I'll, I'll, I'll look into that one in a second. I'll read this bit first, oh, though. Oh, does it, it probably means that they've, they've tried they've baboon hearts. hearts in... It's either that or they've put pig they, hearts in they've baboons. They've put pig hearts in baboons or they've tried baboon hearts in humans. Oh, yeah, yeah. like maybe they've tried it on and like pig hearts into a monkey because Or maybe they've tried baboon be, hearts in us because mm. baboons aren't part of the great ape species and they're a lot stupider. So maybe mm. they see it as more ethical, yeah. more ethically sound. Apparently, people can't no actually no people can't actually survive very long with a pig heart. Uh, oh, it really? does say this, though. Uh, the process of implanting an organ from one animal species to another took a leap forward in January 2022. Oh, when, super random mm-hmm, recent. When a 57-year-old man with terminal heart disease 
received the first ever transplant of a genetically modified pig heart. The patient lived for 61 days. So they got a good mm. good two months. Yeah, but it's not it that long, seem, is it? It doesn't seem much, it. does no. it? Like, no. It must, like, suck to be the guy and be like, ah, oh, I'm probably yeah. going to die real soon. Mm. I'd probably just rather just have, keep my heart and just die 61 days earlier. Mm. But you'd feel yeah. a bit weird, because I bet it would, like, almost like, would be a bit, like, yeah. weird and achy, and because he would just have the surgery... Like, he'd probably been really sore for, like, that last 61 days as well. Yeah. Because he would have had to have full-on had his yeah. rib cage and everything opened up, like, for a freaking yeah. butterfly. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, a this re- there's this really good book called Quarks of Light. I think I might have said about it before, about, mm. like, um, a guy who got a heart transplant. Um, and the 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 girl was a, um, like, a she was about 19 or 18 or 19. And he right. was, like, a 50-year-old man or something. Um, but he started having dreams, like vivid dreams of this girl and she'd be, and she'd come out of the forest and like said, there was loads of women around her as well. And she had like all cut arms and stuff and was like, just looking at him and like screaming at him in the dream and that. And just like, he would be having these repeat dreams and he would know that it was the girl who he had the heart. And there were certain things like when he, when he saw certain things, his, his heart would start beating like way faster with like certain things that were happening That's to creepy. him. And he was thinking that those were memories from the girl, um, that from, from you know, from mm. her heart. And he said it was like she was trying to tell him something in these dreams mm. and her arms were all cut and stuff. And he he finally got in touch with the father of the girl and she explained, um, he ex- her father explained to him that she, she like committed suicide mm-hmm. and she like cut her wrists and stuff. And that was actually how she died. So that was like, he's having dreams of her with the, these arms yeah, cut and stuff. Mental, and then like, he also um, spoke to the, um, and in these dreams, she was really like sad. And there was all these women around her as well. And it, and he, and he said, it was like, she was trying to tell him something, trying to tell him something about mm. like why she did it or whatever. Mm. And um, when, and then he spoke to her friend's best, her, her, um, the donor heart girl's best friend. Mm. And, got really emotional and like um she was talking to him and, and explaining about like bullying and about and he didn't know anything about social media this old guy with the heart and um and she was explaining about how like this girl had was had loads of friends on social media and it was like this this like how it is spoiling young people's lives and stuff because they get bullied and she got really bullied on social media but she also had a really big following and all this mm. stuff and it made her super depressed and that's kind of why she killed herself and what he was saying in the book is that the me- like she was trying to get this message out about like that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like mm, about mm, how mm. hard all of that was, and all of the women in his dreams were like the people that this was affecting, who who are like being like really upset about how they're treated on social media and all this stuff. And it was mm. something. So then he was like, "Oh, I'm going to tell this." And it's like this whole big story of how there was this connection with it, and like how he was then trying to get this message out into the world of how people can like seek help and all that stuff and that's crazy yeah that's it was creepy. mad though those connections and yeah yeah i thought that was crazy that is well cool man yeah that is nuts isn't it it's the idea that well i remember like there, there is a lot of research that's been, i know that's been come out in the last like few years i don't know how many years but um i know i think it was the ancient greeks used to think that um there were i don't know if they thought of it like neurons but they thought that our heart did essentially like had like thought as well as our brains mm. and obviously like we science for a long time thought that that was like rubbish but apparently there's like there there's like a lot of discovery now that there there are a lot of neurons in our hearts and there's also neurons in our, in our stomachs yeah. isn't there more than like cats have in their brain 
or something so crazy that might, like that. Yeah, like there's I, more I neurons in your heart than, than cats will have so in the brain. I, I just think, every, I, you know, I, yeah, I we do. have a huge neural network yeah. in our brain, but it, it's all linked. I know, I know linked. it's tempting to think, and I'm sure people have, all, have thought this throughout every era of history, which is evidence of why we know that we are most likely wrong and because we know they were wrong. I'm sure people of almost every era of history have thought that like their era have already sort of like figured everything out. Mm. So I think obviously like, you know, growing up in our time scale, not figured everything out, but you know what I mean? I think our current understanding of the human body, we think like, oh, well, like, you know, like really? Like obviously our brain does all the thinking. And obviously I'm not saying that our brain doesn't do at least all of our function, you know, functional controls our functional movement. And as our memory center, we know it does because we have, you know, scientists and doctors that specialize in brain studies. And we know that the brain is 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 massively vital in terms of, yeah, our memories, Thoughts, our, our literal physical functions. Mm-hmm. And that's why if you go brain dead, you, you, you are like a carrot, essentially. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a lot more going on than, than we realize. And I think that there is more to, say, like the heart and the stomach, say with the heart then just pumping blood. Mm-hmm. And probably more to the you gotta stomach. Feel it in your gut. Yeah, yeah. Gut the, 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 the gut instinct and stuff yeah, like that. They yeah. say gut instinct, the sayings like that. Um, I think that you know, yeah, with with our stomachs and stuff. Even I think it's more than just like digestion. Mm. You know, it's more than just. Did some you see like the studies good. as well with like the heart, where um, they put people in front of a computer screen and measured uh, measured measured like they were measuring these people's hearts and then and brains as well. And they were bringing up pictures of um, really nice things and also really boobies. horrible things, mm-hmm. like you know, like death and like just bras. savage pictures. Mm. Yeah, boobies and bras. <laughs> and um, they Good were. And, evil. <laughs> and you know, you can you can um, you can measure what happens in the heart when right. when you see something bad, and also when you see something good, and what happens in the brain when you see something bad and when you see something good. Mm. Um, and people's hearts were reacting to the pictures of bad or good in a good or bad way before the pictures were even coming up on the screen so that it was it was like it it was like there was a sense from the heart that could Mm. see in the future Mm. and know what the picture was going to be and then it would like react to the picture in a positive or a negative way before it even the brain would always be reactive after it had like Mm. you know come up but it was like it's like super interesting. Like you mm. know, I have to bring up. I the think study. it's interesting. It's almost like it's almost like instinctively we know all this stuff though. Because think of all these things. Like he wears his Doing, heart. He yeah. wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm. Going with your heart over your head. Yeah, and, and, and it means almost like that's almost like yeah, your instinctive and your passionate and your romantic thing mm. center is almost like your heart, and it's more like the clinical calculate. Like the computer is the brain. Mm-hmm. But the emotion and the passion the and, human and is the in instinct the is in the heart, mm-hmm. isn't and it? The and you see mm-hmm. that some people are more seem to be more like, you know, I'm not, as I said, I'm not necessarily saying this in a literal sense, but almost like more like calculated and more like almost like brain, you know, like brain centered in terms of like people that always use their brain over their heart. You know, they never re- react to anything in like a passionate or an emotional way. They're very, very controlled and stoical, and mm-hmm. and other people are just really hot headed, very emotional. Mm. wear their heart on their sleeve like the same mm. yeah yeah you know it's really interesting as well like um this guy called hamilton Souther. like i'm going to uh, it to peru in in oh that's in, the guy that you're going to do that uh yeah man mm-hmm. and i've been watching lots of podcasts of him and stuff right and um he talks about like heart brain coherence and obviously you know like in in old states of consciousness and stuff like mm. you can like experience like a bad trip or you can experience fear and things like that mm. and he was saying that like fear 
uh, is always a reactionary thing, like from the brain, and like to and and I and I was wondering about fear because that's one of my biggest fears. It's like what happens if I get really fearful and then I can't control it and I'm gonna be like oh like scared like yeah. Well, I, I think that's really natural. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he and he was saying that the power that your heart actually has as an organ in your body, like anything bad that happens, any fear that you have you can control by just centering into your heart breathing into it and and actually the the communication between your heart and your brain if you bring that into like balance mm. then that will overcome the reactionary thing of it of fear taking over you mm. and it's like it's it's really interesting so like right he sees the heart as like a tool that is necessary to be able to actually have a positive experience to actually you know, have some coherence between your heart and your brain. Your brain is so powerful. The mm. mind is so, so powerful. But if you're not balanced between that and your heart, that's when it can go bad. That's what the, what, so he says it, sees it as a very like technical thing. It's the not that it. it's, yeah. And it's like your brain creates fear where, like when it's reactionary, mm. but if you're centered in your heart, it's not reactionary. It's in the moment. It's like literally like you are in control. So it's how to stay in control almost. That's interesting. Or just like, yeah, and yeah, it was like yeah. really interesting, but it, it, and it was, it was like this, he's, he's seeing like the heart as this tool that needs to be in balance within your body and everything. It's all like, not one is bigger than the other and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. It's just mm. generally, if things are going bad, it's probably because of that and your brain's more in control than your heart. Overthinking mm -hmm. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was really interesting. Yeah, you know? for sure. That is really interesting. The whole story mm. of that guy seems... Is this the guy you were telling me about Hamilton in the car Sauber. last week? Oh, man, yeah. I know you wanted to talk about this on the pod last week. His story is crazy from what Drew was telling me. Yeah, talk about it. So right? cool. So, so, like, he... Um he studied anthropology mm. in um and he was the science of human beings yeah from, mm -hmm. from california and was a bit lost in his like just straight away when like when he finished university and um he'd studied like yeah, anthropology he knew about like tribes and stuff like that and he apparently had like a bit of like a spontaneous like uh visionary experience on the side of a road watching cars and this thing happened and he's like oh my god and like and, and do you know what happened or? um Roughly. not not like not um he says what, like he had like vision or? no like um like almost an experience. See, an experience of like seeing the cars and then almost like from like a bird's eye view and oh, okay. would be coming a part of the whole scene not on the side of the road but like from above and seeing it and then imagining all of the cars on the world and just like this kind of expansive experience that happened right. to him that he couldn't he wasn't like a spiritual person or anything like that he just like had this experience tried to make sense of it and then he said he was having these like connections with like like beings or like guides or something saying that you're going to go to Peru and you're going to have this apprenticeship in it. and he was like what is like he thought he was going crazy mm. but he's like he didn't know where his life was going so he th he's like I'm going to follow these and see as a like a test mm. if it's um if it's real or not and I'm going to go to Peru and I'm going to they're saying within 90 days that I'm going to meet blah 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 like meet these people and stuff and he ended up going to Peru and everything that happened in the visions that he was having like kind of m happened in Peru when he was, um, you know, over there. Within the 90 days, he'd ended up in this really remote part of the Amazon where, where, where there, there was only, like, two family tribe, like, you know, small... Mm. There, there was, a, I think, that yeah, there was something like like uh, two different families that lived in this part of the Amazon. And he, yeah, was sitting with these, like, really, like, these mystic people that were, mm -hmm. like... Um, um, that that kind of taught him and everything. It's like, it's, it's crazy, man. Like he um, apprenticed with them for like ten years, like just deep in the Amazon, you know. 
And yeah, just, just pretty mad. Didn't you say yeah. that they, the people that he'd gone to, like obviously studied this sort of ancient tradition that only their family knew oh, and they yeah, would only yeah. pass it on through their family bloodline? So they like honoured him by... Yeah, no, that was the crazy thing. Thanks, mm-hmm. man, because that, that was the crazy thing. So he, <laughs> so he like... He um he thought that he that was what had to happen like he would be a part of this apprenticeship but to be an apprentice of one of these like lineages of like um shamans from from their kind of bloodline their family like tradition you had to be blood you had to be right. of that thing and like he was Lineage. going yeah he was going past um the dude's like hut <laughs> and heard him like screaming in there and um went in and and his and his leg was like ballooned right out and like this guy Hamilton Souther had been in the um, jungle about like six months or something like that like you know first going over and he just intuitively went over and started like trying to fix whatever this problem was Mm. in his in his leg by um like in in like like kind of like sucking the blood out and like doing like some crazy shit like sorry but um 36 minutes 36 minutes 13 yeah, so he he started basically performing these things that he'd seen with these people, but intuitively, like he said, it was just like kind kind of coming through him, and he helped over a course of four days. He helped heal this guy's leg, who was like the master shaman dude, right? And um, he said, "What do you want in return?" And he said, "I want you to apprentice me. Like, I want to learn." <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like then, and he did it. And and this wow. guy says that he like saved his life. Like mm-hmm. wow, from man. doing this with his leg, so so he like um, you know became became their apprentice, but that was the only reason that he was accepted into that like lineage of learning and everything. Didn't you say as well that these people had also had visions of him coming? Oh yeah, for fifteen years before. Did you say these people are Peruvian? Yeah, to like, so it's per- they're like Peruvian shamans. Yeah, yeah. One of them was called Don Julio, which is the guy who's dead now, which is Don the Julio. master one, Don Julio. Um, and Don, and the other one is Don Alberto, which is like he's Don the Alberto. like Don Alberto like his son? and Don Julio. It wasn't his son, but it was from like the same tribe. Oh, uh, like the say like so. So it's from the same tribe, not necessarily from the same. When family. they say the same blood, they mean like their tribesmen. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean and that kind of probably a little bit inbred anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah. crazy is that though? That they had for fifteen years, they had visions. Of this American coming wow. to yeah, this white man yeah, this then, white man coming to their jungle and learning their crazy, ways, and then so he also had this same experience, yeah, and it just brought them together, and then he nuts. did learn from them. That is crazy. Yeah, when yeah. you listen to like some of the stories about what he actually says, like the the, the ceremonies were like, and what it was like to learn from these guys and that as well, it's like unbelievable. Apparently, like there's over in the jungle, it was it is so tribal, over and in in, the, the in, in their kind of like. In their way of thinking and their 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 culture, mm. it's all about battle and it's all about like you know. So the other shamans and everything, you could either choose to try and heal people and like help people, or you could choose to try and use like the the powers that you gain through these ceremonies in an evil way, which are like oh, the, man. you know. That's so dark. so basically, their jobs yeah. were they were like good shamans, which he like was apprenticing with, right? And there was all these bad, the bad shamans, shamans that were like putting like heck, they'd get paid. By, because it's so within their culture, like people would go people. them, yeah. So it, the, the people would pay Voldemort. these bad shamans to like <laughs> put hexes on the on on like Rival you know tribes, uh, or whatever. Uh, or, yeah, or just like to to for, to split people up to ruin people's businesses, all that kind of oh, thing. Mate. And then the that's, that's people so would go to these ones where he was with to like remove those hexes and stuff. And that was their job was to like so he 
went for it was for the whole 10 years was just mm. completely um immersed in this like tribal warfare but on the astral planes and that and you hear some of his talk. man it is literally like something out of sc- that, like, that, that reminds, Jedi that rather reminds than me Sith, yeah. basically yeah that reminds me a little bit of um like the x-men in terms of like you know charles xavier is like uh, is supposed to be like one of the most powerful like mm-hmm. telepaths on the planet but he's but he physically he's he's crippled from the waist down mm-hmm well, one of the one of the ways that Charles Xavier like battles people is he like goes into their mind and then he like fights them. Yeah, like almost like on the astral plane. Yeah, but because man. in the astral plane, obviously he hasn't got the limitations of his physical body where he's like a cripple. So then he just like can basically do whatever he wants. And because he's like this such a ridiculously powerful like telepath, yeah, it's like basically it's almost like he's like God. Mm. in the realm and there's just like yeah it's, it's pretty interesting man actually like um i think that's one of the reasons why i love like fiction and like comics and fantasy and sci-fi and everything because it's just so out of there and it's but it's the same reason almost like why this story is amazing is because mm. it's almost like this 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 fa- like fascinating thing is it's like yeah like in some of the in some of the, the comics i can't remember the name of the antagonist but he even like yeah, he fights this like demonic entity on the astral plane that's trying to like break through into the earth realm and that. And to me, that's like so cool. Yeah. I can't remember what its name was. It was like some. I think it might have even been this like Egyptian demon or something like that. But I was like, <laughs> whoa. But like, even though this Egyptian demon thing was almost like his, like almost like a god in his own realm, it was like yeah, because Charles was like such a powerful telepath. He could like he could battle him like in the astral plane, mm. but obviously in like on like Earth, if he like if he somehow managed to get to Earth, this thing and break through, he like wouldn't have stood a chance. Yeah, but, man, like, it's insane, and just like so, some like thinking that that's just their normal life as well. Like apparently, like that, that the was so plane. much of mm-hmm. the ceremonies where the first half of the ceremony battling whoever shows up yeah. and want to tries to take their power or whatever, whatever is mixing up. If they've yeah. took away, if they've took a hex off of um, of someone, yeah. the shamans that put the hex on that person would then turn up to their ceremonies and like be like, why have you, you know what I mean? Like mm. basically, who's took this hex off? Like, why have you done that? And then go to battle with them. Mm. And it also sounds mad. It's like the first half is that. And then the second half is like all the medicine is like mm. all of the like, okay, now we've gone through that, that, that. Now we need to heal ourselves and go through all of this, like mm. working with the plant spirits and everything to be able to like heal our bodies and that. But this mm. is just like, normal like life to them and apparently as well because um it is so tribal over there and it was so only um like you would only teach people these like crazy sacred secrets mm. like if they were a part of the tribe or if they're part of the culture mm. apparently him going over and learning with these people put a massive target on their back as well because everyone in all the other tribes in like tribes from oh, brazil like and getting, stuff like that whoa. were like super angry that they broke the golden and Don Alberto were teaching this white guy that had just turned up that's like blasphemy yeah and like yeah. so like they had all of these people after him because of that as well what so physically after then, him um uh, like on the astral plane like in the ayahuasca ceremonies plus physically so sometimes they just turn up and like you know that's Mate, crazy that is mental it, and it is oh man it's Mate, such you, a good it's such surely, a you, you would surely be living your life on the edge imagine just being in the middle but, of the but this freaking is the thing, like, they, like, wilderness they, in peru yeah i think it was more astrally rather than like right. people turn up i think that happened a few times but it was more like in ceremony they would get bombarded left right and center with all these like evil shamans who had like all these spirits on their side that were just trying to like i think it's them. crazy the concept that these like sh- good and evil shamans in peru have like almost like so much control over it that they could like in like deliberately like um, what's the word i'm looking for like almost like, intercept or like find it's almost like setting up traps 
find somebody on the astral plane. Like, like it's all talking about like it's a physical place. Yeah. Like, I'm going to find you Man, on the astral plane. Some of stories. It's, it's, it's like, like it's crazy. like it's like the, the the shamanistic version of that whole like I know where you live. Mm. Mm. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better watch it, mate, because I know where you I live. I know your <laughs> energy imprint. I can it's find like, it. Yes, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it just like find you. I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna fucking find you on the astral plane, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna mess you up. Yeah. So you better watch out. Yeah. And I'm a freaking evil shaman. Yeah. Oh, whoa. That in itself is crazy. That you've got like e- pretty much evil wizards like yeah. battling the and good wizards why, out in the middle and, of the and jungle. I'm like, and I'm going for <laughs> this experience and stuff. But I've always been like really like dubious about it as well or, or kind of like mm. because i and that's because it he's sounds saying. mental let's yeah. Face it. Mm. yeah and that's yeah. what he's saying he was like be careful who you drink with be careful where you have these experiences because you're opening yourself up psychically to all of these things <sighs> oh man that's just you know think of something so like so like ha- like hamilton like i i really feel that he's like um coming from a place of integrity and mm. that they were it was about the medicine rather than about like you know what, he's powerful enough to yeah. like shoo any of that stuff out out there do you know what that just made me think of a little bit do you remember I sent you a video a couple of weeks ago um, and it was like Christ- Sir Christopher Lee, who we've talked about on the pod before because I'm like a massive fan of his and he played Saruman in Lord of the Rings, Saruman the White. He also played Count Dooku in Star Wars. He was also one of the original Draculas. I think he was the second Dracula after the original Dracula who was who was played by Bela Lugosi. Um, he played loads of stuff over the years. Oh, he was um, Scaramanga, one of the James Bond villains. Basically just like insane. And he was also one of the main influences um, actually for James Bond because he was a double agent during the war. Mm-hmm. He was also part of Italian royalty. Mm. Oh, just crazy. The list just, goes on. Oh, he's just like literally, I think, one of the coolest and most fascinating people that ever lived. But did, did you watch that? I think I sent you a clip, Drew. And it was a clip about Sir Christopher Lee talking about the occult. Mm. And it was because um, Sir Christopher Lee studied the occult his entire life. And a lot of people took that to mean that he was like... Um, a black magic user himself, which he says that he definitely isn't. But I sent Drew a video out of him talking about the occult, and I'll try and find it just quickly so I can play it um, on air to you guys. It is, it is, it is quite chilling. I found I've just found it, so I'll just I'll just play it and I'll hold it up to the mic because I don't think have we not got it so the audio on the computer could play today. Or? It does, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh it will. Put, yeah, 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 yeah. Zoom thing up. Yeah. I'll, um, Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I might, yes, I might, might play this. Easier, just because it's, 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 it'll be quicker and easier. So listen to this, everyone. This is Christopher Lee talking about the occult, but I found it real chilling. And it just it just plays in perfectly with what this whole thing you were just talking about. And it's mm-hmm. this whole thing like the same way that this guy, sorry, I can't remember his name. Hamilton Salder. Hamilton Salder was like talking about like, yeah, he knows this sounds crazy and that. It just, it's, it's something about the Christopher Lee who's like, so accomplished, so and, and so such a good story, and so clearly and sane, genuine, yeah, and so clearly, yeah, genuine and so clearly sane. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mate, his diction and that is like perfect. Mm. Like, I wish that I could speak as well as that guy without freaking hic- yeah, doing hiccups. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. did I just say? This is a guy that's mentally so tuned. Um, this is it's just quite chilling. So let me just hold this. Up I have met people who claimed to be Satanists, who claimed involved with black magic who claimed that they not only knew a lot about it but as I said I've certainly never been involved and I warn all of you never 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 you will not only lose your mind you lose your soul I have met people yeah, how can that's I... so yeah. chilling the way that man. he just ends it with you will not only lose your mind you will lose your soul but it's just sort of <sighs> making me think like, like 
obviously uh, more like occultism. That's almost more of like a Western black magic thing. But let's face it, I, I think broadly speaking, black magic is like black magic. Yeah. And I guess, mate, you know, that's it's, it's, their version of black magic. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But there's, it's just so chilling the way he was like, you yeah. not only lose and it's your true, mind, and this, you lose this is what Hamlet, like the, he says. He's like, it's a warning. Don't go. To just anywhere and do like an ayahuasca ceremony, like mm. the people, it's not just about taking the ayahuasca and the experience you have. It's about the way that is, uh, the people are guiding the ceremony, mm. how they're using it, what are their intentions, like all of that stuff is real. Mm. So like you've got to be so careful of that because he was telling the one story about this woman, and uh, she'd went to some guys, some other other like center, yeah. And they basically the what they do with the people that they like serve the medicine to mm. they'll they'll put like hexes in on on them on, and some oh, kind of thing man. to be able to um, so that when they go they don't feel right and because they don't feel right they feel like they have to go back to them so That's it's almost brutal. like a way of keeping them so it's like and a they're scam. very very possessive it's over the people a scam, that they yeah, yeah like almost like a cult like you'll be part of our group we'll 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 fill you with all these like illusions and then you'll keep coming back to us to drink in that and that's scary isn't it that's total manipulation total control and um that like they she went to blue morpho and the normal icaros which they sing which is basically how they like kind of move the medicine and stuff like yeah. how mm -hmm. how they how they guide the experiences through icaros mm. and he was saying that the um Don um, Don Alberto was going round into and giving people like their own um, uh, like basically pr like s songs for them to get into their uh, their field and mm -hmm. moving around different different people and it was each one they were he was going to and it was very like very like uh, melodic and beautiful and just kind of clearing and like, and then he gets to this he gets to this girl. And it just completely changed. And him, as a like master shaman himself, mm -hmm. could sense that she'd been to this other place, that they'd actually done that in her energy field. And then he started singing this like, like staccato-y, like moving it, but without without her telling him that, oh, th th this this has happened to me, or I've been here and yeah, I'm feeling yeah. this. Like he could like sense it in her, and then she completely. And this story was from another participant who were there and said it was just crazy that. She, um, they were going around all the people and it was all just like very melodic and stuff and then mm -hmm. this one person that the, the, they knew had there was something wrong mm. like the other participant know that she'd had this negative experience but the shaman didn't mm. but he obviously did because he sensed it when he got around to her and it's like man that just kind of almost like yeah that's real like that's that, credence to the whole thing 100%. yeah you know and then he kind of shifted it out and and, yeah, and it was and like kind of realigned or whatever and it was and and it was all good you know I do love I do I do love all these like different mysteries whether it's us talking about like um you know like the the whole you know mm. the neurons with the heart and the stomach or you know that thing you know what this story that you've been telling us Drew or like you know that thing by Christopher Lee it's like or you know a lot of the stuff that we talk about on Pandora's box and it's like weird because obviously like I would I would um describe myself as almost like a, as like a skeptical person as like an open-minded mm. skeptic but as I always say like, I do think there is like a lot more to the universe than we know about. And I just find all this stuff just fascinating. Mm -hmm. Through things like know. that, opening your mind up to those experiences mm. is almost like opening up. I find it roots. I find, yeah. yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's like, what is coming <laughs> out? What is going to come out? What, uh -huh. what are you going to see? And that's the whole thing. I find it fascinating as well. Like as even, well. even like pondering, like how much of it is psychological mm. and how much of it is not psychological. Is it like based in like, um, well, not in your mind. Is it just, what actually is going on mm. and then it's all my and then but then I, I can spend time pondering like 
well, what is the difference mm. almost? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is even the difference between that? And if it's, you know, if something's real to you, does that make it real? Yeah. Is or the experience real? Does it, do, do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. that's very interesting, isn't it? I, I find it very interesting even just to ponder stuff like that. It creeps me out. Do you remember I was saying the other day, like black magic and stuff like that? Mm. I don't know why, out of everything that there is, that gets to me a little bit. And because it's because of this thing where like... Manipulation. Or, exactly. I feel yeah. like I would be... I, if I was put in this scenario, right, to... I would just feel... So, you'd be so out of your depth. There's mm. nothing oh, yeah, you yeah. can do to mm. stop this magic evil person well, from like, infiltrating your brain. In your heart. To, and also, <laughs> true. Jimmy O'Malley true. today would tell a different story. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Today, you may have been able to resist Vanquish the darkness. the forces mm-hmm. of evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so cool. It's only so, now so cool. I realise... Oh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I must, lyrics, yeah. To do this, I must be death's brand new guy. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Turn into it. Ominous, ominous ending. <sighs> right, we're going to listen to a track now anyway, guys. We'll be back soon. <gasps> Just literally do that for the whole rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, man. Just too much fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Bit chanting. Yeah, um, for everyone listening on the radio, that last track was Stonehenge by Spinal Tap. And before that, we had Fifth Fath Glebe by <laughs> The Mystic Bells of Solitude. Wow. Hey. Uh, I'm going to hit some people with some some interesting facts now a little bit. Some you could quick say. Quick fire facts, I'm You could say. say. Quick fire facts. Quick fire facts. Nice. Do you know that Welsh women used to curse people by falling to their knees, pulling out their titties, and screaming obscenities at their victims? It's sad how we let traditions die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it, isn't it? You know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you'd be called a v- victim, really, if that <laughs> happens. Yeah, you'd just be like, whoa, that was a bit random. You'd be like, yeah. cool. Whoa. Maybe in some places in the valleys that still happens. Mm. I hope so. This is another interesting fact. I, I like this one because of how scientifically... like It's just, it's just a true fact. Um, the cookie monster has forward-facing <laughs> eyes mounted high upon his head. Now, in nature... All animals that have this evolutionary effect um, are predators. This means that the cookie monster is a, sub- a submerged ambush predator. Just something to consider the next time you're watching. We're seeing the, the, the predator of the cookies. The cookie monster. I like on. the cookie monster. I think he's my favourite character from that sort of Did Sesame get, like- Street. Strangled by him in a dream or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Close. You're uh, very close. Uh, it was like a. It was an. It was a blue like. Strangled puppet. by the cookie. It's, it's one dream. You know, you always have like traumatic dream, experiences yeah. as a kid. This yeah. one dream. It was like a TV show, uh, and I can't remember what it was called. But it was on like Sunshine TV. I don't know if you can remember that. I don't know if it's even still around. I uh, know. I don't think that was around when we were kids. Um, but it was just sort of like a puppet like creepy show but everything was nice and normal and then every now and again they would cut to this blue puppet right that would be on a tv show hmm. and and he was in like a tv Did like he look creepy? they would they would like facetime him sort of thing essentially like right. these other puppets right. and he would just be in this all white room mm-hmm. like 
mm. completely white, nothing else in the room, and he'd just sort of stand there and like speak. And I can't remember if he was actually inherently creepy mm. when watching the show, but I remember I had one like dream where I was in this white room with this like blue guy, and he was just like torturing me. And like ever since then, like that that character, I remember just thinking, ever like since that's then I had so thing creepy. For puppets. So to yeah, this day, for blue puppets. Out. To this day, mm-hmm. you out. Next pod, obviously, because we haven't got any visuals today. But next pod, we're gonna have to get a picture up. Of yeah, that, of yeah, that, yeah. Of that thing. Definitely. Maybe, my tormentor. Hopefully, you won't feel too scarred. <laughs> but yeah, another fact now. Um, during the making of Total Recall, at first, Arnold Schwarzenegger um, was a little bit annoyed with his fellow actor Michael Ironside because between every shot. Um, he Michael Ironside would go off on his phone and just be like, yep, yeah, in the corner on the phone all the time. Arnold Schwarzenegger thought it was a bit unprofessional. So he pulled him to one side and he was like, Michael, what are you doing? We need to be more professional. And then it turned out that Michael Ironside explained to Arnold Schwarzenegger that his sister was actually in hospital with cancer. So Arnold Schwarzenegger then completely changed his tone and then spent time um, almost daily on set speaking to Michael Ironside's sister on the phone, giving her dietary and workout advice <laughs> to try and help, you know, basically yeah. help um, not just deal with cancer, but then hopefully even like, you know, reverse it just through being healthy and, mm-hmm. you know, um, at least, you know, being such an expert, being a seven time Mr. Olympia, um, knows a thing or two about diet and working mm-hmm. out and stuff to say the least. Um, and yeah, she made a full recovery and apparently um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is good friends with Michael Ironside and his sister to this day. Nice. And they think, and they think really highly of Arnold Schwarzenegger because of all that experience. I love that. Happy, happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice when you hear like a, just like a nice, nice little tale like mm-hmm. that, isn't it? Um, now there's another quick fire fact for you now. Um, most uh, astrophysicists now agree that the Big Bang was not... The beginning of our universe. Um, it all started off with Nobel Prize winner. The little bang. Yeah, just the little bang. <laughs> um, it all started off with Nobel Prize winner Roger Penrose, who believed that the Big Bang was not the beginning of our universe, but rather it was the ending of the previous one. Whoa. Which is just, I mean, you can have many an existential crisis Man. thinking about stuff to do with the universe. It's never um, But yeah, I think that one in itself is, is is just a really, really interesting one. And like the whole mystery that goes along before that, like, how was, the, was, was, before? The, was the universe before then, the Big Bang then? Was that like exactly the same as ours? Or like how different was it? And, you know, in it? How long did that go on for? I know that apparently our, our sun has about 8,000 billion years left of life. 8,000 mm. billion years. Yeah, which is like an incomprehensible time to mm. us. Mm-hmm. But eventually, obviously, time is time. And regardless of how long that seems to us, and it is ridiculously long, because when, for instance, when we had Hen and Joe on from Shoot the Moon, do you remember Hen basically explained to us using mm. concepts that mm-hmm. we could understand the difference between a billion and a million? Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for us to conceive 8,000 billion years. But I think it's mental to even conceive in our heads that eventually, even if it is 8,000 billion years away, that the sun will basically die. And then as a result, our entire solar system will also just collapse. Mm. Like that is a bit of a mental thought. <laughs> that is it? crazy. I, that I is think mental. of it even on, on the earth of, you know, the constant, the only constant being change and that there's been these huge civilizations and so many things yeah. that we don't know about that were like, imagine when they were happening, they would be the only truth, the only truth Jeez. that people knew Jeez. and like, and like yeah. so, so real. Mm. And now they're just gone and there's not even a memory of them. Like for us. Well, yeah, well, that just made me think about the Amazon because there's new stuff that's coming out at the moment with all the new LIDAR, um, you know, yeah. research into the Amazon and that. 
Did you know that they found, I can't remember what it was called. They found another whole city recently with LiDAR. They found a massive city, a, a new massive city in the Amazon using LiDAR recently. Mind, Whoa. man. So LiDAR oh. is basically like infrared, isn't That's it? That's so mm. sick. So they go across the Amazon in like planes and helicopters. I think it's helicopters they use. Um, and they use LiDAR, which is basically infrared sensors. And as a result, because it's such dense um, vegetation, you know, flora, mm -hmm. um, that you cannot, you can't, you just can't make out these cities. And apparently it's so dense that people have, and this isn't just saying like, you know, people could, people have, like archaeologists and stuff, have walked right past like human-made buildings and walls and stuff, but they're so overgrown with vines and plants that you literally just like the naked eye just can't even detect it. Mm. Um, so yeah, they've, they've just found a, a, a new city in the Amazon, a whole new city, which they which they reckon um, housed tens and tens of thousands of people. Insane. We have no yeah. memory of this. And what I also thought was interesting about the ayahuasca thing as well, he was talking about it, and in the, the for how long people have doing, been doing it and tribes been passing it down through, the, mm. through generation to generation, mm. they were saying that people have been using ayahuasca for over 10,000 years, like, and that it predates any religions that we know about. Wow. So Whoa. like the use of these plants for that reason to actually traverse wow. the astral planes. astral planes and stuff or or, reli or reli genuine yeah. religious experiences where you're mm. connected to something that's much bigger than, you know, like anything that you can experience like just generally that that, that actually predates a lot of religion that we know about. You know, yeah. that so is crazy. That's crazy. Like, that is crazy. So mm. cool. But did you? I mean, I, I think we must have spoken about this before, Drew. I can't remember. I don't think. If, I don't know if we've spoken it on the pod. Do you know that, that that pretty much everyone agrees? This isn't even like a crazy theory or anything. It's like pretty much people are in agreement that like most of the plants that are now like overwhelmed the Amazon are like a product of agriculture. Yeah, and like gardens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what? Yeah. So they think that like pretty much most of the plants that are like overrunning the Amazon rainforest, the whole Amazon rainforest. Were like originally planted, uh, uh, yeah, originally planted. That's they, they, mental. They, I've never heard that. That's mm. so cool. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they're um, they're um, man, think how big the Amazon rainforest is. Yeah, yeah and literally like the abundance it's like agriculture. Of it as well. Yeah, it started mm. off as like agriculture. These plants, and I can't remember exactly the name of like the the trees or the plants, but there's like a specific one. Which yeah, they think that it was planted specifically for for agriculture, mm, and obviously, but the, overtook, mm. yeah. But the problem with the, the the Amazon is like say say like in Britain, Britain's almost got the perfect balance in terms of like we have we have a lot of rainfall and we have we have pretty hot um, summers and and, and springs, so stuff can mm. grow then. Um, but then we have those colder months as well, where then things are going to like cease growing and stuff like that. But in the Amazon, because of the mixture of the 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 wetness. And the heat and the sun and everything—it just keeps going. It just grows mm -hmm. and grows and grows and grows. So it's like it becomes almost like in impossible to keep up with it. So think of the amount of life that's like been spawned mm. into this world because mm. of the Amazon rainforest. Mm. And like how many different diversity? Yeah, and, 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 and apparently as well, it's like when when um, the Spanish first went back to Spain after being in South America. They did report that there were all these mental cities and stuff like it that. That's overgrown. Yeah, yeah. but mm. obviously, what the Spanish accidentally did apparently, apparently killed everyone. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah they ac no yeah they, they well they, they deliberately no, killed or, a lot of or people. Accidentally Spanish as well, food. like small small. Yeah, pox so small packs yeah. is a thing that they accidentally took over. So uh. they obviously didn't deliberately 
um, kill people with smallpox, but... Decimated like 90% of the population. Yeah, and, and smallpox Whoa. was brutal in Europe, but like happen, like what happens with every disease that it, where in an area that it naturally evolves, Europeans had natural pathogens yeah. mm-hmm. against smallpox. So it wouldn't affect us as badly, but because... Amazon people did not. Because they had zero <laughs> biological defense against yeah. smallpox, basically the Spaniards that went over to South America, well, and North America, but South America is well, mainly with the Spaniards, they it ran smallpox ran through the Am- the whole of the Amazon and basically killed like ninety percent of the population. So when more Spanish explorers by came the time they got back, there, it'd yeah, all be and it was only like ten years. Yeah, but, but as we said, how, because yeah. of the the type of climate mm. in Amazon, it's like everything like just grows like you like wildfire. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they went back ten years later, and the Spanish explorers thought that the Spanish explorers that went there before, preceded that preceded them ten years ago. Were lying. The wacky they thought they were just yeah. They thought they were lying mm. because they couldn't find brain. evidence of these massive civilizations. They found some small ones, but it's because like ninety percent of the of the whole entire freaking population of the Amazon rainforest been had out. been wiped out from smallpox, and I'm sure some oh. other illnesses mm. as well. And all of the freaking cities had been just overgrown by yeah. vegetation, like enveloped. And then to this day, so they're only just being there. starting to be so found crazy. now because of infrared, because yeah. literally like people physically can't find them on foot. And they're so remote as well, the places mm. in the Amazon, even to like excavate it and the amount mm. of like Manpower facilities or... and materials that you yeah. need to be able to do it. Like it's going to take years. I remember hearing that. In, I know that during the Victorian times, um, some some British and I'm sure several other European countries as well, they did actually try to build some buildings in the Amazon and they just couldn't do it. Mm. Well, like Iquitos, like the city, like the biggest mm. jungle city, mm. the only reason it's there is apparently because of the rubber trade whenever that boomed in like the 30s or the 40s or right. something. Right. That they, um, people went there to get rich and, and make money off rubber. And then there was this city created within the jungle because mm. Iquitos is literally in the middle of the Amazon. Right. So mm-hmm. it's off the river. The only way you can get in there, there's no roads to it from the right. out from the outside world. <laughs> the only way you can get into Iquitos is by river on the boat and then onto one of the roads that are there. Dodgy as or well. By, or, by, <laughs> or by plane. It's the only yeah. two ways. It's still completely enveloped yeah. by the Amazon jungle. So it's cool. interesting. Yeah, apparently um, there it's, it must be really creepy if you actually find them, but there, there are a couple... Georgian and I believe Victorian era as well, like European buildings just randomly in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. And it's because some Europeans decided to try and build like Georgian era and and Victorian era houses there. But by the time they had almost like finished the house, the side that they started was already starting to like, the walls were breaking from the vines. (laughs) There were like thick vines like growing through the bricks and vines coming in the windows and everything. And it was so stressful and it was so much maintenance that they just abandoned the buildings. Mm. And now... Yeah, these like there's these random like British buildings yeah. that you could just find. That's crazy. And like Spanish buildings and French buildings that you can just find in the middle of the uh, mm. a European style, and they just seem so out of place. But yes, because a couple of people have atten- attempted it, but it was just too much, too high maintenance. Mm-hmm. So they just abandoned it. They just abandoned the project. But I think that's really fascinating. Mm. Really and the myths of like the the like hundred foot anacondas and stuff in the in the Amazon. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. rubbish. Do you reckon? Yeah, I don't think there could be a hundred foot anaconda. No. That would be insanely big. Six man. foot mouth. <laughs> there, one, there, there's only yeah because I don't know that they think how much energy that would take. The to longest stay alive. has been like thirty foot. I think it? I yeah I think that that yeah thirty feet. That's all right. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there's a thirty-five or forty-foot one out there, some somewhere. As we were talking, we talked about before we went on air today. We we're talking about Bondo apes and how there's like a, a, a small um, like civilization, basically, of like chimpanzees who started off the same as other chimpanzees, 
but because they're isolated from other tribes of chimpanzees, um, they've experienced gigantism and a couple of other things just basically through selective breeding that have now made them larger and more aggressive and even have slightly different skulls than, than normal chimpanzees, but they still are just chimpanzees. The same way that that, say, could happen, I, I would not be surprised, say, if there was, uh, you know, like somewhere, some sort of form of gigantism that's happened in, in the Amazon in, in, in some parts where, you know, some exceptionally large anacondas mated and then there might be some 35 or 40 feet one. But there's a big difference between 35 or 40 foot and 100 feet. Mm. Like, I think for if it was 100 feet long, then its head would probably be like six foot wide. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It would be like... <laughs> Imagine mental. it, though. Imagine it. Like, think, I, think, I think even like T-Rex, I, I think even like the T-Rex, I think was something like 45 feet long. Mm. And that's one of the biggest God. predatory dinosaurs. But yeah, you'd think that's. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. like, I, like that's that's like that's I think huge. A hundred feet would be comically large. Yeah. <laughs> comically large. Like how how I many? Love to think I'm going to Google how many feet long a blue whale is. Um, blue whale length in feet. Let's have a look. Blue whale um, length length in feet. Let's I'd love to see a blue whale. Uh, a blue whale can grow to 110 feet in length. That is big. That is, that is crazy. I, would actually, I think that's one, one of my, like, my mm. one, one of my things that I would most want to do yeah. in the world. It's like see that Swim animal. with the blue whale. It says, it, says, yeah, yeah. it says most blue whales, which are currently the biggest animal on the planet, or at least, you know, not taking into account mushrooms and stuff yeah. like that. Because there is that one mushroom thing in America, isn't it? That's oh, like yeah. the, the network um, underneath. Because technically yeah. it's an organism, so it's alive. Um, but it's, I guess we're talking about like, you know... Animals. Vertebrates and invertebrates. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, invertebrates would be like insects and stuff. Invertebrates would be reptiles, birds, mammals, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it says that um, most blue whales are between 80 to 100 feet in length and weigh... Four hundred and forty-one thousand pounds. That is quite a mind-boggling number. That's crazy. I'm about two hundred and thirty-five pounds at the moment because <laughs> I'm getting fat. Mm-hmm. Um, but think, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, me. Four hundred and forty-one thousand pounds. Like it moves around, it swims. Up, but bear that in mind for a second. That something yeah. that heavy can swim around. That's mm. crazy. You would think it would literally just. But one of the like one of the reasons wind. why they die yeah. when they're beached, it's like because obviously whales can breathe can't air. Move, yeah, it's not because they can't breathe air or anything like that. It's because gravity, on, without them being in the water, they they basically they get crushed. Whoa, they're so large and they're so heavy that they basically get crushed they by crush gravity. Themselves. That makes sense. But they I get crushed by that. gravity when they're out of the water. Oh, so when you see piece. a beached whale, the reason why they die is the the reason why you need to get them back in the water in a matter of time is because otherwise they will basically like die from being crushed by gravity. Yeah, because their their gravitational potential energy must be yeah. ridiculous. Well, as I said, ima- imagine being four hundred forty one thousand <laughs> pounds and trying to like just function out mm. of the water. And we all know what it's like in the water. I remember even when I was a little boy. Yeah, I'd be able to like pick up my dad pretty easily in the water yeah, yeah, but yeah, when like I was that. a little boy I couldn't pick up my dad like yeah. out of the water I couldn't even come close it wasn't until I was about like 15 that I could mm. like even start thinking about stuff like that because my dad was so fat <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah um, yeah so it says also it says their tongue weighs as much as an elephant so just a blue whale's tongue weighs as much as an elephant which is obviously the largest <sighs> land animal That's um, cur- currently alive um, they are the loudest animals on the planet Actually, no, they're not. I know that's not true. Um, sperm whales are the largest animals on the planet. It must loudest. be loudest. 
loudest. Yeah, sperm whales are the loudest mm. animals on the planet. Obviously, sperm whales are, are, are close to the size of blue whales, but not quite. And apparently, on the average lifespan of a blue whale is between 80 and 90 years. Cool. Decent. I was just thinking it would be cool to have, because you can get, there's certain rooms that you can go into and museums and stuff that are mm. almost like hollowed out whales, isn't mm. it? But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine how big one of them would be of a blue whale. Like a hollowed out mm. blue whale. I've to seen go one, and I've like seen see one. that. That must History be crazy. I think, I think I've seen that. That's probably why it came to my mind. Yeah. But that must be mental. Because they used to have a Diplodocus skeleton as mm. you walked in the Natural History Museum. Mm. But then about five one, years ago, the, they mm. swapped it to the blue whale. And it is it is mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. I think I've got a picture of Yowch. me. I've got a picture of me stood like, um, you know, there's, there's like the steps that go up. And then at the, the top, there's like that massive redwood yeah. Tree stump. Yeah. yeah. There's like a picture cool. of me like stood there, like and then behind me you see like the whole blue world's going, <laughs> it does look pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool, isn't it, man? Mm. Um where were we going mm. with that though? Wales. Uh ju- it was just the length and compared oh, to the Oh, snakes. Yeah. Yeah. But there is one really fascinating thing um about um large snakes that I I do think is an interesting mystery. Um and it's an interesting mystery mystery for several reasons. So every um large area of wetlands on the planet has a large um, semi-aquatic species of snake. Mm, So um, there's like the Burmese python, the reticulated python, anacondas, for example, like all in all their respective areas. And it's one of the reasons why reticulated pythons have taken over the Florida so much as well, because obviously it's it's wetlands and they've just like, just like thrive in there. Um, The only place on earth where there isn't um, a documented large semi-aquatic snake that's been documented by science, apparently is is the Congo, is the wetlands of the Congo. Mm-hmm. But interestingly as well, um, the Congo is one of the least um, researched and explored areas in, term, in, in terms of animal wildlife on the planet mm. for several reasons, partly because the Congo is such a dangerous place, there's uh-huh. so much crime there, it's just a very dangerous place. Um, and also there's a documented account I believe of of a British um, officer. Oh, with the plane! Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, and they and they Whoa. swam. The, the, no, they, they flew over. They flew it. over, but it but it went for the plane. Yeah. So this is what. Yeah. What? So, so this is what happened. So they were flying over the Congo in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Me, in the wetlands in the Congo. Some some like British major in the air force or something, and he was in a plane. I think with like two or three other guys. Yeah. And this guy was like a high up. Like RAF British officer, so he was like, you know what I mean, like trusted guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there were other people in the plane as well, which a hundred hundred percent like mm. confirm this this that this happened. And they've even got fo- a photograph of it. Right. Um. So they said they're flying over the Congo, and one of them was looking out the window. I think it was the major, and he saw what he thought was a freaking massive snake, um, like slithering across like the wetlands. So he told the, the guy in the plane to, to do a fly around and come back because mm. they wanted to make sure that it wasn't like a trick of the mind and he wasn't like, it, like you know, didn't see something that wasn't there. Yeah. So they flew by it several times and all of them were looking out the window and like, oh my and God, that's, down that's that. It, and they, they estimated that it was about 50 foot long, mm. which I think that's 20 foot longer than that's the largest crazy. snake we've ever documented. Apparently as well, to be 50 foot long, I've heard that the, the head would have to be between three and five feet wide, mm. which is like, think. Five the head foot. would that's be like, like this wide. Yeah. That's sketchy, man. That's mm. he- that's sketchy. Bigger than that. Yeah, if well, it's yeah. five, it's ridiculous. Well, between three and five, yeah. yeah. But, and then, so, and he was also making the, the pilot go lower because they wanted to get a better and a better look at this thing because mm. they just could not believe what their eyes were seeing. 
And when they went lowest on the pass, apparently, yeah, like only like I don't know how many feet above the ground. Yeah, the snake actually actually what recoiled went, like, went, went, went for mental. the plane. Yeah, and then they were just like, okay, screw this, let's let's just keep on flying, and then they flew back. But they they did like three flyarounds. Yeah, all were like, oh my god, yeah, that's a fifty foot long snake. And then they've even and they got, can all like recount the same thing. Mm. There's even like so a really cool. there's like a really rubbish picture, but this was something like I've nineteen. Never seen the picture. It's something like nineteen thirty. It's like a nineteen thirty quality era um, picture from a plane. So um, I'll just put Congo. While you're searching that up, I'll bring up something snake. I saw this week um, that went viral. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy. I don't know like, if this is something that people have already seen, uh, but it's essentially a mineral which has been discovered only in the Congo, hmm. and it's electrically charged. What the hell? So you watch, uh, for, for the listeners uh, of this week's show, hmm. basically they've got this rock and they're setting up a wire or two wires connected to a light. And when they touch the wires to the light, uh, or the wires to the rock, the light turns on proving Whoa. that it's electrically charged. I've got another video here and it's two different rocks and when they touch it almost oh, I has think this I like seen that. electrically like literally like almost a spark of it's lightning coming like, out well, of the like, two rocks when they touch because they are charged. Yeah, How like crazy is that? That is mad. I don't know if that's something that's already like discovered before this yeah. or if it is like it's been sold to me on Twitter yeah. um, that it is a completely new mineral that people have found and been like, whoa. This is crazy. Do you guys want to... I'm sorry to everyone that you can't see it. We'll, we'll get it up at another time on a future episode, but do you guys want to quickly come Absolutely. up with this picture of this, of this snake in the Congo? That's the picture that they took from the oh, airplane, apparently. Whoa, that's insane big. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. That's pretty cool, isn't Look it? Look at this snake. Giant Congo that. snake. <laughs> that's pretty so mad. Search it up for yourself, ladies and gents. After, yeah. After just, just, oh, just type in... That's a good picture. Giant Congo snake. Yeah, giant... Just literally, I just put in Congo massive snake. I mean, you can tell it's a snake. Yeah, which yeah. Which is cool. What's this? Um, the mystery of a giant Congo snake. Taken in 1959 by a Belgian helicopter pilot. Sorry, so it was taken by a Very Belgian... Very cool. But I know that it was like a, an, a... I'm pretty sure it was a British officer that was on the... That was on the flight, but yeah. Madness. Either way, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've, Absolutely. Yeah, they think that from the picture it, it, it says uh, between, from the from the picture they think it's approximately fifty feet in length. Apparently, with that everybody that saw it in person from the plane said that it was dark. It was dark browny green with a white underbelly. Whoa. Yeah, just interesting, isn't it? <laughs> can um can different species of snakes mate? I'm Good not. Question. I'm not sure, mate. I'm I wonder sure. if like a reticulated python can mate with an anaconda. Or I'm yeah. I, I I reckon that if they could, I reckon some scientists would have already tried to do it. Don't you? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I just think that like it's one of those things. Like, but I I don't know, mate. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I know that some there are a lot of um, snake species are cannibalistic in terms of like there are some snake species that have evolved purely to hunt other snake species. Mm. <laughs> Do you know that? That's crazy. So there are Civil some species of snakes, snakes that literally don't... Yeah, the taste of snake. They yeah. don't, it's, not, it's not even Give just that. Like it's not even just that some other species of snakes in their diet, they've evolved specifically just to hunt for that one certain kind of types That's of, crazy. of snake. Yeah. Which is just sort of like quite mental in a way, isn't it? Isn't that weird Brutal. like snake mating thing that happens like somewhere in America... And like um, they all come out of the rocks, and like the I swear the females are like quite big compared to the males. What snakes? And yeah, Sorry. and the, and the, and the, and they just this, they just get completely overwhelmed by like male snakes, and like oh. all wrap around them, just like hundreds of them. 
Yeah, that's pr- it's proper freaky if you ever see yeah. that as well. It's like weird, like the the whole floor is just filled just with snakes like r- r- writhing around we, each other. When we went to, uh, freaky, I think it was Sedona, we went to on oh, our, to on one of our American road trips. It was very cool. Mm. We went on this like Jeep buggy like nature trip sort of thing and one of the things that they sort of wanted to bring you to they brought you to all these cool like rock formations and like huge mountains that would you know may have been worshipped by people at certain Mm. points but she was talking to me about the tour guide was talking to me about like the rattlesnakes Mm. that they've got out there and i didn't think that i would feel like this it's one of those things that if when we're talking about snakes i'm not inherently scared of snakes you were like super freaked out but when she was saying like oh yeah there's you know there's a lot of rattlesnakes out here if there is one like make sure you're straight back here like don't mess around and i remember just being like the idea of being out in the wild and just seeing this like and, then, oh, and just hearing just coming really because they're quick yeah, yeah like yeah. when they want to be they can be quick and mm. just imagining this thing that you know would kill you in one bite just coming yeah, towards you and you just hear this bend. rattle yeah. crazy stuff crazy stuff and it was actually quite creepy quite creepy even though we didn't see one just the idea yeah. of like being in its habitat was a mm. bit creepy <coughs> oh yeah man for sure must have been savage for ragnar when he got chucked into that pit full of snakes oh full of adders yeah, yeah. just full of black it's weird to think that there actually are like native species um snake species yeah. in britain but we're just they're just quite rare i don't think i've ever sne- seen a snake i've seen i've seen one. two twice i've seen one Apart at the from golf like course zoo. seen one on a golf course yeah i, th- I don't know once i saw once well, there was one in my grandparents sorry in my parents garden once mm. whoa yeah once in my parents garden i saw one um and and one of my mum's cats who at the time was alive called figaro me and my mum both saw it <laughs> and we had to shoo figaro away because figaro was like you know Going what a cat's it. like? Trying to scrap yeah. it. A, cats are like so predatory mm. and something the sort of shape of a snake, it's almost like they naturally, it's almost like a cat toy. It's almost yeah. like they want to And we were like, had to like clap, clap him away in that because he was like I almost you telling like, me about that now actually. Going yeah. almost like to bat it with its paw and that. We were like, because a black adder bite wouldn't be enough obviously to like severely hurt a human. They are technically are venomous. Right. But I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't like kill you or anything like that. But um, not even close, I don't think. But... Um, so a cat could probably do a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think a lot of like cats are sort of like what a fully grown cats between like three and six. No, sorry, like anywhere between sort of like three and eight kilos, something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that about average cat? I'm just trying to think. I think I think Scrags is like an exceptionally large cat. I think Scrags is eight point six kilos. But yeah, so if you just say I don't know between like three and nine kilos, but mm-hmm. he's a really heavy cat. Mm. Like he's a really cat, but like but like you know hench. Yeah, not fat, and I can actually confirm that because I actually had to take him for his yearly checkup on Monday, <laughs> and the vet confirmed that he is not at all overweight. He's just heavy because he's of how a big cat. he literally nice. he's literally said. <laughs> can you imagine how like I was like yes, I was like get <laughs> He literally said he's not at all overweight. He's just carrying a, a lot of muscle mass, and I was like, nice, good going. To that's my boy. Well, that's my boy. That's how we do it in my household. We eat big and we lift big. <laughs> Although I'm not sure if you would have said the same thing about me if you put me on the scale. Was <laughs> <laughs> a lot of muscle under all of that under that flubber. <laughs> That's what you would have said. <laughs> yeah, but and also just a quick shout out to Mr. Scraggs without changing the subject too much. Um, Mr. Scraggs is like 13 years old now, and the vet could not believe how healthy he was for a cat of his age. Nice. He said like usually cats of that age. He said their eyes are starting to look a bit watery in that, but his eyes were perfect. He literally checked out his heart, his lungs, his stomach, like felt proper around his stomach for like, anything like dodgy in there. 
and poor poor lad stuck a thermometer right up his bum and oh, everything like that with loads of acid on. Because apparently, like from the cat's temperature of their anus, you can tell a lot about like how healthy they're. Like you can tell a lot about anus. you can tell a lot about a person by the temperature of their anus. But yes, yeah, so, and but like temperature of his anus was perfect. Ah, oh, nice one, nice. Heart, lungs. He got that, that pure butt. Yeah, he got that pure butthole. That like his lungs, his heart, his stomach were like perfect. Um, yeah, and that he couldn't believe how like, healthy his, his coat was, and that. So, like, you know, just shout out to Mr. Scraggles, my cat. You know, mm-hmm. what a healthy, fine, fine specimen. It was really nice, actually. The vet was just like at the end. Um, he was just like, he was like, I can't believe how healthy he is for a thirteen-year-old. He was just like, well, you know, the only thing I can say is, whatever you're doing, just keep on doing it. And I was just like, yeah, boom. That's what nice. you want. That's what you want to hear from the vet. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. country. That's what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's what I said to him. I was like, country, well, yeah. Uh, he, he regularly hunts. I was like. You know, he was like, what do you feed him? And I was like, just try and give him a mixture of everything. I was like, I give him like, try and give him scraps of my food. I was like, I do give him cat food, but I don't try and give it to him like, you know, like all the like loads because I don't think cat like food is like the best. No, like, yeah. not the most nutritious. I, yeah, I think cat biscuits are not too bad because it's mm. good for them to grind them up and everything and it cleans their teeth and, and stuff like that. But I think like cat meat, I say mm. cat meat, it's not actually that meaty. A lot of cats just end up like licking the jelly and the gravy and leaving yeah. the meat. It's because cats know it's not meat and they don't want to eat it. Mm. Yeah. So I'd give them a lot of like, you know, salmon, cod, even like steak, chicken, you know, a lot of leftover scraps. And I think probably a mixture of that, like hunting a lot and stuff like that. And just like having lots of water available to him all the time. Do you know what I mean? He's just like, yeah, he's just a well-oiled machine. Living good. Mm. But yeah, going back to my original point, um, my mum's cat Figaro. Yeah, we had to we had to clap him away from that black adder. That was in in the garden. I assume it was a black adder. I know that there's two there's two species of snake that's common to Britain. I think one is a grass snake and one is mm-hmm. the black adder. I think is one of them green. Yeah, I think probably that's grass the grass snake. snake. <laughs> yeah, let me let me just let me just um, let me just I look. I think that. that's what I saw at the golf yeah. course. Like, I feel like that's up. probably the one you'd want to come in contact British with. Snake species. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's just two. One of them is black adder and one of them's um, snake species. There we go. Let's have a look then, ladies and gentlemen. Two biological species of snake in the United Kingdom. Yep, there's two. So Drew, this is the one that you would have seen, mate. Um, if you want to get out, that looks like a gra- that's a gra- that's a grass snake and that's an adder. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny with snakes that the more like dangerous they are, the more evil they look. Yeah, I know what you like, mean. It's so there is literally a graph you could go from that is just a complete diagonal yeah. line. Of yeah, evil could kill you. Look scary. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's the lot. so the ones I've definitely definitely saw was an adder because it had that coloring. Mm-hmm. It was a, like you a know. snakes like. Um Lizards just with with ne- with with their arms and legs like retracting. <laughs> no, 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 I don't no, think so. No, no, no. No, there's a difference <laughs> between lizards and snakes, and that is why one of the interesting uh, things which often often throws people is that slow worms are mm. actually lizards, not snakes. Ah, I think that's why. I'm, and people that's get confused. Yeah, and people get confused about that because they like, well, a slow worm looks like a snake, mm. so how is it not like a snake? But obviously, a bit like that, that the, the tree fact that we talked about before, something, to be something to be related, it has to be very specific. Mm. It doesn't, doesn't just, it's not a matter of just a looking... the set of principles. Yeah, it's not just a matter of looking the same. So a slow worm and a snake, what they are an example of is convergent evolution. We've talked about convergent this evolution I, on Pandora's what, yeah, box before. Yeah. So what convergent evolution is, it's not, something hasn't evolved and they're related. They've evolved in the same way to suit a certain climate or whatever, but they haven't evolved together. It's completely separate. Mm. They're completely separate animals. So that is why slow worms technically are a species of lizard, but they're just a species of legless lizard. If you look at the X-ray 
of a slow worm, you can just about make out these tiny, stumps. non-existent Stumplets. little stumps. The same way that if you x-rayed, say, a whale, you can mm. even make out... They, they've almost got, like, four four fingers and, and almost like a thumb. Also with Whoa. birds. Almost like humans. Also with That's birds. crazy. Also with birds. They're wings. Mm. If it, like, oh, yeah. Some, they, they, because like they come arms. from reptiles. Yeah. Because mm. birds evolved from reptiles, and obviously reptiles... But you have, can see like the hands of their yeah, wings, yeah. Like, their fingers. It's exactly the same thing. Because whether so you think weird. whether you think of like um, like most liga- lizards, ligards, like iguanas, or whether you think of crocodiles or stuff, yeah, like most reptiles, reptiles that aren't snakes, that is anyway. Um, they have hands, and and then as as you know, whether you want to call them fingers or whatever appendages. The same way, yeah, birds evolved from reptiles, so they have them in their wings. Mm. And and the same way that, you know, we are mammals and we have hands with, like, fingers and thumbs and stuff, whales are obviously related to us because mm-hmm. they are mammals Claws. too. Um, and they, they came from, like, a creature that was a bit like a hippo um, a long, long, long time ago. And even though they've evolved to have flippers, inside their bones almost look like hands. Mm. It's crazy. So cool. It looks like the skeleton. It's almost like, you know, imagine if you, my hand was just covered in almost like a flipper. Mm. It's like, that's what almost like what it looks like. It's cool. But yeah, a slow worm is actually technically a species of legless lizard. Um, and yeah, lizard. And yeah, if you look at the um, skeleton of them, you can just about make out apparently these tiny little stumps where their arms and legs <laughs> would be. But I've got a picture of a slow worm up here. So... Um, I, thought, I remember the first time I saw a slow worm, I thought it was a snake. It does actually say here, there's I, there's loads of slow worms around mine. I think mm. you've even been round before and, Scra- and Scraggles has got a slow worm in front of you, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a slow worm. Um, so I've, I have to deal with these quite a lot, Bullwinkle, and ladies and gentlemen that are listening, because around where I live, um, in, in, in Somerset, um, yeah, I don't actually think I've seen one of those either. Mate, I see them every, every, every time it gets to about spring, my cat always gets them. Mm. Um, but he never kills them. I always save them for before they're killed. They drop their tails, don't they? Yes. Yeah. And that's Crazy. one of the reasons why they never die. Well, like, <laughs> you know, when I, in, in my case, I'm sure obviously a cat could, could kill a slow one, but they drop their tails and then like the, tail, the... the tail writhes mm. and then the cat will get distracted by that and then they get away. Oh, that just gave me a weird shiver. And then they just grow their tail back. Oh. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's cool. It's They'll weird, literally just though. grow their tail back. That's cool, mm. isn't it? And, and 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 scientists have been looking into a lot for a long time. Have been trying to like access that genome of lizards, so we can um, so, limbs. so that people, yeah, that like have to, like amputee victims or people that are caught in car crashes and stuff and lose their limbs. Hopefully, one day we'll be able to like somehow grow initiate that process mm-hmm. in humans, so that we'll be able to grow our limbs back. Crazy. Mm. I'm pretty sure I heard not that long ago that we're getting like actually quite close to that. Whoa, whoa! I actually, I heard recently that the biggest issue with these things isn't whether we can do it it's funding mm. Mm. and apparently that's why you know with, you know with that colossal colossal labs the one that's bringing back all these creatures apparently that like, the scientists there said we've been able to do this for about two decades now they were <sighs> saying the issue hasn't been whether we can do it or not the issue is funding mm. the amount and millions and millions and millions and millions of pounds it takes to try and get a freaking indian elephant mm-hmm. get it to a lab and then unlock the genome sequence of like a freaking mammoth in it and then get the, all these mammoths out and then think about the amount of food and the amount of like uh, like stuff you need. Well, think about how expensive a pet is, just like a cat or a dog. Then imagine that with like a lo- like a dozen woolly mammoths. And it's then you a have a whole operation, man. If I was you need like a multiple scientists, you need labs with I'd like millions and millions of pounds of equipment. Think about how much just the equipment is worth in this room. Yeah. Now imagine the stuff that would be necessary to actually like unlock yeah, the yeah, genome yeah. sequence of a mammoth and then the containment areas. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah, the storage. 
the fact that you wouldn't even have to like make these packs with like places in Siberia that are then eventually going to house these animals. Um, so yeah, do you know what I mean? If That's I was like mega mega rich, I think I'd like to do that mm, because exactly. it's after you die. Imagine being the person that made it possible to bring back like a crazy animal. That's That'd be legacy. so cool. Mm. So oh, yeah. so cool. Another video I saw this week um, mm. was of a Komodo dragon's venom and the effect it has on meat after it bites it. Oh, so I'll nice. show you guys the video. For anyone watching, I'll describe it as we watch it. So on the right, we've got a piece of meat which has been yeah. bitten by a Komodo dragon. God knows uh, how they managed already. God knows how they managed to get a piece of meat off a Komodo dragon without it eating the whole thing. But yeah, so pretty just, crazy. So ladies and gentlemen, basically there's there's two sort of what look like mm -hmm. essentially like lamb legs or something. Yeah. Um like leg of lambs and then the one on the left obviously is, is like red and quite a, like a reddy purpley vibrant yep. color. The one on the right looks like it's gray. Like gray. Looks like a well done sort of thing. It so I'll press play and this is what happens thing. over time as the venom kicks into the meat. Okay, so it says day one at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, it's day, yeah, it's already looking like disgusting. It literally. It's like covered in mold and it's growing. It just and, oh, it like dissolves. Disgusting. Essentially, it's crazy. So that is what it's venom That's actually gross. does to me. How crazy is that? And now imagine being a poor cow. Uh-huh. And, and basically so just having that, all the meat on your body. Yeah, and because they yeah. wouldn't be like, obviously... But uh, if they, they're doing that in their stomach, like, you know, just Oh, like, yeah, but man, yeah. They're, they're like vicious they, beasts. So they'd man, have yeah. it, like, built into them anyway. They're literally, they're literally dragons. And I don't think they would wait that that long, like, to actually yeah. eat it oh, as well. Yeah, I reckon yeah. it should be on the spot if a Komodo dragon decides it's eating. Do you, remember when, I, do you remember when I was talking to you guys about their ancestor, the Megalania, who was just like a, mm. like the same, but just like twice the size? What Crazy. Crazy. just want to say, if I'm looking at this website, you know, I, I said there's only two types of, of UK... The only two species of UK snake. Sorry, there's there's three. There's the adder. Um, the adder is a greyish snake with a dark and very distinct zigzag pattern down its back and a red eye. Males tend to be more silvery grey in colour, while females are more of a light and reddish brown. Um, you can tell if a uh, if a snake's deadly from its eyes, can't you? They've really? got like uh, I, don't I, know I think that. it's the same as like a crocodile. If you look at the photos of like the adder versus like the grass snake, hmm. you'll see the grass snake will have like a round pupil, whereas I'm pretty sure like an adder yeah, will have yeah. like a more an like evil, yeah, an evil, evil like outline, diamond sort of pupil yeah, shape. Yeah, almost like an oval, but a very pointy. Yeah, oval. exactly. Like the, the same as like a crocodile, like or the something eye of Sauron. Exactly, in Lord of the exactly. Which which is probably why they chose it. It's yeah. like the evil eye. It also says that adders grow to between sixty to eighty centimeters in length. Then you have the grass snake. Is usually a greenish color, although it can vary slightly. They have a yellow and black collar, pale belly, and dark markings down the side. They are our longest snake and can grow to 150 centimetres. That's quite big, man. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's like the size of some adults. Over like a metre. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, a metre and a half, mate, mm -hmm. to be precise. Yeah. And then our third species, we have the smooth snake, which is Ooh, similar in appearance smooth. to the adder. Yeah, it just really likes like funk music and he's just like super good cool. with the ladies. The smooth snake can, distinct, can be distinguished, distinguished by its more slender body, round pupil and less well-formed dark pattern on its back, usually grows to about 60 to 70 centimetres in length. Crazy. Nice. Drew was going to do a Mystery Mondays this week, people, but we've only got four minutes of the show left, so we'll save it till next week. Nice. Um, nice. So, so apologies for not having Mystery Mondays this week, ladies and gentlemen, but 
Um, I feel like we spoke about some mysteries throughout the day, to be fair. Yeah, yeah and it's, and it's probably for the thing, best anyway, because Drew also, as well as the cameras, left his, his, his mystery sort of <laughs> as he prepared it in the car. So it's nicely, yeah. you'll say it next week. That'd so be better, man. For all that work in you've done on it the yeah. last couple of it days, it won't be in vain. It won't be in vain. So I might as well just shoot out some more quick for effects. Nice. Um, apparently, the Ents in Lord of the Rings are based on the Americans during World War II. Um, and it's actually pretty easy to see why if you start looking into it. Um, the Ents are Americans. What? You might say to yourself. Well, the world, the world Wars, yeah, the World <laughs> Wars were a big influence. When I say the World Wars, obviously World War One and Two mm -hmm. were a big influence on Tolkien's writing. The Ents, if you think about it, are a latently powerful but fiercely isolationist society governed by a super inefficient de democracy. And they only joined the fight after one of the two big bad guys of the Lord of the Rings, Saruman and Sauron, but the two big bad guys of the war were obviously Germany and Japan, yeah, at yeah, least yeah. in the East and the West. So the East, Japan, attacked Pearl Harbor. It was Saruman that attacked Fangorn Forest. Mm. And that's what brought the Ents into the war. They weren't going to join the war, were they? Mm. And so they mm -hmm. told Merry and Pippin that they weren't going to. So Pippin saw... tricked... Um, Treebeard into going uh, along the, by the River Eisen, or at least where the River Eisen used to be, and he saw that loads of Ents and trees and that had been killed by Saruman, which led them to join join the battle. Um, yeah, so they only joined the fact... Treebeard taking over Isengard after Saruman's defeat is even kind of like America using West Germany as a proxy headquarters on the front of the Cold War. That's a really interesting mm. fact, I think. I think that's, that's a cool. really interesting fact. Um, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, the Earth pulses about every 26 seconds, but seismologists don't know exactly why. There are different heartbeat. theories. Earth. But, yeah, it is almost like the Earth has a faint heartbeat and it pulses every 26 seconds. Since at least the early 1960s, this mysterious pulse has been documented on multiple continents of the Earth. That's so, so cool. That is a weird fact, Same isn't it? I love that. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like the Earth has its own. Well, it has its almost like its own heartbeat. We can call mm. it heartbeat. We can call it whatever you want, but it's a pulse that happens every 26 seconds. I think that that is nuts. That's personally. so cool. I think that is absolutely, absolutely nuts, nuts mm -hmm. man. I really do think that is nuts, man. I think that is absolutely cray cray. Um, so let me try and see if I can find one more fact for everyone then before yes, we wrap up the show. Oh, this is just a, quite a funny one. In 1948, a man wore a 30-pound, three-toed lead boots, so a pair of three-toed, 30-pound lead boots, and stomped around on a Florida beach during the night. The footprints led people to believe that there was a mysterious 15-foot-tall penguin that was roaming <laughs> the lands he kept up this prank regularly for 10 years before he was caught visiting various beaches. This hoax wasn't even revealed until 40 years after the event. That's so until, funny. Until he just came forward and was like, yeah, guys, I did all this stuff. Isn't that hilarious? That's I love that. Man. The dedication to just keep doing it for 10 I wanna, years. I want to do something like that. Yeah. I've often thought about just buying like a Bigfoot outfit or something and then just starting to like... <laughs> Go just around going out just, in the woods. Yeah, just like go around, just sort of like, just like, just go around like Exmoor on the Quantocks. I think you'd actually have a lot of fun doing that. 
I think I'd you'd, make. you'd just. I think you'd find can it you, hilarious. Can you imagine summer nights? Like, think about how many people like flock to places like the Greatwood, oh, Ramsgate. We've got to do that and film it, man. That yeah. would be hilarious. And then think, think about the amount of people that go there for like barbecues and stuff. And then just like imagine just being in like the, and just waiting until someone passes. I'd, I'd be so willing to wait for ages if it yeah. meant if it meant like mm-hmm. a good scare. Or just walking around the woods and just wait and just knowing that eventually you're going to come across someone. Or like, you know, if you were like in the middle of like almost like, you know, off the beaten track. Yeah. And then you just saw people walking around and then you just made like a, a subtle noise that you know would be enough just to turn the head. But then you didn't even act like you were looking at them or something. And then you just like walked off into yeah, like the... Yeah, yeah. And it would be in the freaking Mercury in the Gazette. Imagine even and, like at <laughs> Holford or something. That'd be hilarious. The amount of hikers up there. But if you're up in the trees and you're just like... Imagine if it just backfired and just like some crazy farmer just shot you. Yeah. And I just got full on just That's shot. That's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> shot be, do you reckon you could get in trouble for that like, by the police and stuff for like scaring people? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't reckon you get in serious trouble. No. I reckon you get a sap on your wrist. Yeah. How much trouble can you get in for dressing up as a Bigfoot and scaring a few people? Plus someone's got to be pretty mental if they see Bigfoot and just start chasing it yeah I'd I'd imagine people might get imagine it, imagine if it. I just had a full on fight with somebody just <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you could get shot make sure that you're not around any farmers yeah, yeah you could have law yeah if you like see someone just like suddenly walking with a Bigfoot rifle just suddenly yeah, actually just fully vest. hide yeah I'll just take your mask off yeah oh, it's just it's just me mate <laughs> right I'm just I'm just pranking <laughs> some people alright I think on that note everyone we'll leave it there so you know people of the Somerset of Somerset um, beware, <laughs> beware when you're out in nature there, there might be a Bigfoot about but yeah cheers everyone thanks for listening to another episode of oh, Pandora's yeah. Box Pandora's Box we love you and we'll see you next week have a great week everyone goodbye Cheerio.